everybody and welcome to the Commander's Vault. I'm JB. And I'm Dale. And today we're going to be talking Strixhaven spoilers. A uh, ton of stuff is out. I think the full catalog is out for the set. I'm Maybe. not sure if it's the whole entire thing, but I think mostly everything that's not a common or uncommon has yeah. been spoiled from the base set. Yeah. Uh, the good stuff. The fun stuff is spoiled. Um, that's not to say the commons aren't fun, but... The big splashy shit's always rare in Mythics. Um, yeah, so we're going to be talking a little bit about those and the spoilers uh, from the past week have been around the Commander decks. Uh, the two that we know of are Lorehold Legacies and Prismari Performance. Um, we know their commanders, their lead, their uh, face card commanders. Uh, Lorehold Legacies, which is the Boros. Uh, or red white is Oscar the Reconstructor, and Prismar Performance is the Is It or blue red uh, Zaffy Thunder Conductor. So very splashy uh, Is It card, just to start out with Zaffy. Oh yeah. Um, if you're not familiar with the Mage Craft mechanic, which is a new mechanic here in Strixhaven. It is whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell or copy an instant or sorcery spell, do this thing. Uh, so Magecraft can literally be anything. Um, Zaffy Thunderconductor has uh, Magecraft is a 1-4 human shaman for 4. So 2 and is it uh, with one ability. It's just Magecraft. Whenever you cast or copy an instant or sorcery spell, scry one. If that spell's mana value is five or greater, uh, mana value being the new term for converted mana cost, for anybody uh, listening, create a 4-4 blue and red elemental creature token. If that spell's mana value is 10 or greater, Zaffy Thunder Conductor deals 10 damage to an opponent chosen at random. Splashy. Yeah, I like it. I mean, this deck definitely is rewarding you for playing higher... Uh, mana value thick spells spells so like I, I really like this I, I think it's a new cool way to just like give a solid benefit to running higher CMC cards in your deck definitely I mean it, it's what it wants to do in the first place the uh, it it kind of lends itself to the spell slinger archetype uh, if you look at the actual deck list um some of the newer cards that are in this deck, uh, new to the set itself, are pretty awesome. Um, I think you had said Veyran. I don't have the picture up, so yeah, if you want to talk uh, about that. You have uh, Veyran, Voice of Duality, which is a three mana, one, and is it for a legendary creature, Efreet Wizard, 2-2, two, two, that has Magecraft as well which says whenever you cast or copy an instant or sorcery spell they ran voice of duality gets plus one plus one until end of turn the second ability is if you casting or copying an instant or sorcery spell causes a triggered ability of a permanent you control to trigger that ability triggers an additional time so with this particular card the Magecraft ability is going to trigger twice for itself whenever you cast or copy an instant or sorcery. So the plus one, plus one until the end of turn will be doubled. So you cast an instant or sorcery, and it becomes a 4-4 four, four until the end of turn. Cast two, it becomes a 6-6. Six, six. 
and so on and so forth, mm-hmm. which is very synergetic with the commander itself. So I actually like this better. I I, me I would personally probably, too. Yeah, I would probably run this over over Zaffy. Um, some new Krark Sakashima tech. So Krark Sakashima is a is a deck that is pretty pretty fun. Uh, if you want to check out a uh, deck list, look for uh, Siskel and Ebert on uh, on Moxfield. Uh, that is uh, Ken from Stack DDH. That is his list that he pretty much pioneered and uh, has been using to great effect. The Twitter sphere has been abuzz with this new Krark technology um, because of Krark's ability being able to be doubled with this. I think that's hilarious. Yeah. It's great. Um, one of the cards, Muse Vortex, I think is insanely good. Uh, it's an X and two blue. For a sorcery, exile the top X cards of your library. You may cast an instant or sorcery spell with mana value X or less from among them without paying its mana cost. Then put the exiled instant or sorcery cards that weren't cast this way in the bottom of your library in a random order. I mean... Yeah. If you're able to generate infinite mana in blue, which you can very easily uh, with, you know, artifact and, you know, things like that, uh, you can use Vortex for your win con and just cast it from your deck. Yeah. If it's an instant or sorcery. It just seems pretty fun to use. I like X spells. Uh, one of the... I mean, I know that the other three commanders are also spoiled. We just don't know their full deck lists. So we know the Osgur, we know the Zaffy, um, but Adrix and Nev, the twin casters, are the Simic, or the fuck is their name in the set? Quandrix? I think it's Quandrix. Yeah, Quandrix, yep. Yeah, they're the Quandrix uh, representatives. They are two, a blue and a green for a 2 2 with Ward 2. This is a new. Um, a new ability. Whenever this creature becomes the target of a spell or ability an opponent controls, counter it unless that payer, player pays two. So if you're familiar with Kira Great Glass Spinner or other effects that make your things harder to target, um, this is no different to you. It just has now has a keyword. Now I've seen the other, like a lot of the other ward cards have different um, restrictions. So there's ward, pay three life. You know, so if everything, that card becomes a terror of the peaks, you know, to anybody who wants to single target removal it. Yeah. Um, but it says, if one or more tokens would be created under your control, twice that many of those tokens are created instead. Uh, dockside treasure tokens, you got smothering tithe treasure tokens, you got... Yeah, I I love that it does not specify a creature. I think that's fantastic. Um, I know you're not a really big blue player, but uh, hey, it's a token. Hey, I, token I li- creator. I, I like it. This, see, this is that I really like Simic in this set Context. because it's it's kind of getting away from the 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 general Simic archetypes. And that's why actually I really do like this Strixhaven is because it's taking 
all of the original guilds and it's totally like flipping the archetypes into different and new archetypes and that's why i like this because this is what's going to drive me to want to play blue is that i can now play blue green and really go deep into the token generation strategy go wide beat you down instead of playing like the older style of simics that's going to be more like draw your library and like be more heavily oriented around instant sorceries and like spell slinger deck builds so i really like what they're doing and like trying to kind of yeah cross over and blend different archetypes so the silver quill representative is brina the demagogue so silver quill is orzov or black white so the cost is one a black and white for a bird warlock flying Whenever, an, whenever a player attacks one of your opponents, if that opponent has more life than another of your opponents, that attacking player draws a card, and you put two 1-1 counters on a creature you control. Uh, it's a 1-3. Uh, it's a very politics-y card. Um, you're going to, you know, Silver Quill, I guess, in Strixhaven is all about, like, words and wit and all that shit, so it's... You're going to have to convince people to do the attacking, not towards you. And, I mean, honestly, I mean, how often do you sit down in a pod where at least one person isn't playing some type of aggro deck? So, like, I mean, you're going to get value out of it as long as the commander's on board. Like, I like it. I like it. And aggro decks like to draw cards, so I don't think it'll be that hard of a sell to tell them to attack somebody else. Yeah, the Boros players sitting there ready to punch people in the face, and hey, they can draw cards when they punch people in the face at what? The expense of you getting... Uh, uh, you not hitting somebody. You getting two plus one counters on your dude? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a fair trade-off. Very good politicky. I like it. Yep. Uh, the last, the... What is this? What's the last one? Wither Witherbloom. Bloom. I was like, I was like, gloom fucking thing. Willow Bloom, Wither Bloom, Willow, <laughs> yeah, the Golgari, yep, <laughs> which is black and green. Their representative is Willow Dusk Essence Seer, uh, legendary creature, Dryad Druid, uh, three three, with pay one and tap, choose another target creature, put a number of one one counters on it equal to the amount of life you gained this turn or the amount of life you lost this turn, whichever is greater. Activate only as a sorcery. I fucking love this card. Oh, I love it too. <laughs> it's, it's so good. It's spicy <laughs> as hell, dude. Like, it's so. F- it's just exactly what Black wants to do: gain and drain, and then the green puts the one-one counters on it. It's. I like it. I do wish that it wasn't a sorcery. It wasn't sorcery speed? Yeah. You could be the most combat tricksy, uh, because this is also a politics card. Oh, you want me to save your? you know, thing or, you know, they're going to attack and you need you need to get buff something on somebody else's field. It doesn't say target creature you control. It just says target creature. It, the only reason I say the sorcery part is um, if, you're, if you're new, uh, sorceries can only be cast on your turn when the stack is empty and you have priority. So... This would be a fantastic card if you could, if somebody punches you and you lose the life, then you activate her ability and buff something. So it's like, sure, you hit me for five. 
But now I just gave this thing five one one counters. So yeah, now I now I hit you with the crack back. Yeah, so you know it's like go ahead hit me. I'm just, I'll hit you with something bigger. Yeah. No, I mean, even with the uh, sorcery speed of it, I think it is still an awesome card. And oh my gosh, with stuff like Bolus's Citadel, any type of necropotence or stuff where you're like gonna like Chunking drain your, your life, life yeah. real quick, and then the you know, at at that end or at the uh, second main phase, you just pay the one, tap it, and boom, give one of your creatures. You know, let's just say for example, you necropotence for ten give a creature plus 10 plus 10 now all of a sudden you just have a fatty on board that's like yeah probably nobody's gonna attack into you unless they got a big heavy token strategy otherwise they're gonna either try, either try to remove the creature that you just gave the plus 10 plus 10 and waste their removal on it or you know they're not gonna attack you yeah so I really like it. I think there's like so many cool synergies with it. I, I want to see how the rest of the deck looks. I think that could be a really cool deck. You know, I want to see what else they give us in that commander deck. Yeah, like I'm like, is it going to be like an aristocrat type of deck? Like what? Like, I, yeah, I'm just so curious as how is it going to work. Yeah, like, definitely. You know? And uh, last but not least, we have the Boros or Lorehold representative, Osgur the Reconstructor, uh, a giant artificer with vigilance that says, tap one, sack an artifact, target creature you control gets plus two, plus zero until end of turn. X and tap, exile an artifact card with mana value X from your graveyard, create two tokens that are copies of the exiled card, activate only as a sorcery. Um, it's a neat strategy, and getting to make two copies of things, I think, is is pretty cool. Uh, especially, like, you eat your soul ring for one. Like, you tap your soul ring and use the one to pay, sack an artifact, target creature you control. You'll probably pick Osgur if it's this early in the game. And then X and tap Osgur for one. Because soul rings a one drop, now you get two soul rings. Yeah, I think that's I think that's pretty neat. Um, it helps all your artifacts dodge exile removal, which is good. Uh, Boros Lorehold Lorehold uh, generally likes to do things with their artifacts in the graveyard. I think that's the recurring theme. They're like archaeologists or some shit. Yeah. So they like to. Um, they like to do that kind of they shit. They like to, I think as they put it, reconstruct history. Yeah. As these buried artifacts are in your graveyard, you're unburying them and bringing them back to the battlefield. But one of the cards from the deck is Wake the Past. Uh, five, red and white. It's a sorcery that says return all artifact cards from your graveyard to the battlefield. They gain haste. That's pretty good. Yeah. Um, that's a finisher in a lot of like Boros artifact strategies, and I think this will open the door for Boros artifact strategies. I think the overall it was like black, white, red that was doing stuff with artifacts and graveyards, or blue that does a lot of things with artifacts and graveyards. That. This is a just straight red and white finisher card that 
straight up puts, you know, if you're running an artifact centric deck, you slap your whole graveyard onto the battlefield. It doesn't say artifact creatures, it just says artifact cards. So if you have, you know, things that people have been removing all game, somebody fucking smelts your soul ring, then you, then you can ramp from your grave. You know, if you take uh, Kirk Clan Ironworks, for example, and you sack a ton of your artifacts into Kirk Clan Ironworks, generate a shitload of mana, cast Wake the Past, throw everything back onto the, the board, and you still have a ton of mana, and you still have all these things you could sacrifice. You could cast huge X spells. You could cast, you know, any number of things. I just I think the, the implications of Wake the Past are pretty cool. Yeah, definitely. I mean, if you're if you're playing like a lot of creature artifacts that are creatures too, as well that like you can just like dump into your grave, and then next thing you know, you cast in, you got Steel Hellkite coming on the battlefield with haste, like a bunch of other like big splashy artifact creatures that all of a sudden just gain haste that you can just swing out on somebody and just like boom, kill them out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. I like it. It it's like. It's not aggro, but it can be very aggro. Yeah, you could use it in a big value strategy, or you can just clap somebody with every artifact creature in your graveyard. Yeah. But uh, one of the other like interesting cards from that deck is Alibo, Ancient Witness. Uh, it is a legendary golem for three uh, red and white. It says, other artifact creatures have haste. And whenever one or more artifact creatures you control attack, Alibo Ancient Witness deals X damage to any target, and you scry X where X is the number of tapped artifacts you control. I think this would be really fun for like a like a artifact token strategy, where you're creating mirrors or you're you know you have uh, just a bunch of small artifacts. And your commander can now just face burn people. Uh, if you're familiar with Mere Battlesphere, which is a seven drop, uh, it creates a bunch of Mere tokens when it enters. And then when Mere Battlesphere attacks, you can tap those tokens to have Mere Battlesphere deal a bunch of damage and get a buff. And I think this is a cool legendary that kind of plays on that. You wanna you wanna be swinging. You know, it gives all your Gives all your artifact creatures haste. It does a cool thing whenever those artifact creatures attack. And I think a ton of, you know, how many times can you create, like, infinite tokens, you know? And even if it says, you know, somebody takes no damage or something like that, if they're if you're trying to fight through another Johnny uh, ultimate emblem where you only take one, uh, you can just you know keep burning people to the face for each each attack each swing. I, I like the flavor. Yeah, definitely. I like the uh, I like I think in the deck list for this commander deck, the Lorehold. Uh, I really like the bomb they threw in here. It's uh, it's called Triplicate Titan. It's a nine mana colorless mm. artifact creature golem with. Flying Vigilance Trample for a 9-9. When Triplicate Titan dies, create a 3-3 colorless golem artifact creature token with flying. Create a 3-3 colorless artifact creature golem with vigilance and then another 3-3 with trample. 
I really think that that is like a powerhouse bomb in this deck if you're playing the whole like strategy is how it comes is Brecon to recur things out of your graves that are artifacts and just get them on the battlefield with haste like you just get this dude you know out of your graveyard that's a 9-9 that has flying vigilance trample and haste and you can swing in on somebody and then if they remove it you know it minus exiling and if they destroy it you just get nine more power and toughness worth of creatures on three bodies with all with keyword abilities like yep i really like that value i i do like that it feeds the strategy if you're in artifacts or have played artifact combo or something like that you're familiar with the nim death mantle strategy where what you want to do is uh you want to have a sack outlet, whether you're creating mana with the outlet is what you want to be doing. So something like Ashnod's Altar or Kark Clan Ironworks in this case, where you sacrifice an artifact or Ashnod's Altar is sacrifice a creature and generate two colorless mana. Uh, Nim Death Mantle is a two drop artifact that gives something intimidate and the equip cost I think is five or something dumb. But... The caveat to that is, if a creature dies, you may pay four mana and uh, put it back onto the battlefield attached to Nim Death Mantle. So in strategies like that, you have to you can cycle this card, and you know what I mean. Yeah, like just you, keep looping it. Yeah, you need you need the uh, the first like instance of triplicate titan to go off first so you will need one more artifact or creature whichever you're using so if you're using astronauts you will need triplicate titan and something else so you'll sack those two things triplicate titan will create the three tokens and you'll bring triplicate titan back to the battlefield you sacrifice triplicate titan and one of its tokens and continue that cycle infinitely creating a bajillion dudes with all types of keywords in any combination that you choose and you have infinite mana which is never something to you know bitch about right and we're in red so we have access to plenty of haste enablers that just you yep. get all those tokens with haste and you just swing and win so yeah I, I i really like this card i think it's great i think it's definitely probably gonna see play outside of this commander pre-con as well in like a bunch of different builds that are like combo oriented with dealing with graveyard recursion the whole astronauts alternate death mantle combos i think i think this will be an easy include in some of those decks since that's already what they're trying to do anyway one of the uh one of the really standout cards that i saw was cursed mirror oh yeah how you like that blight steel you want two three mana yeah. And this one has haste. <laughs> I love it. It's so insane. Yeah. So De definitely one of my favorite cards that yeah. I've seen spoiled so far. Uh, it is an artifact for two and a red. It taps for a red mana. And as Cursed Mirror enters the battlefield, you may have it become a copy of any creature on the battlefield until end of turn, except it has haste. That last bit, pretty good. Uh, having Cursed Mirror copy a Blightsteel Colossus. Uh, making sure that for three mana, nobody gets to answer 
you know, nobody gets a turn cycle to answer your white steel that's on the board. You can probably just clap one person. Yeah. And then everybody, like, now you have two players worrying about dealing with the last one on the battlefield. Um, a lot of artifact strategies, you can uh, uh, bounce to your hand or something like that. And you just keep abusing this power. I mean, I, I, I cool love it. Cool as fuck. I love it. I mean, it, uh, it, to me, it's great. It's mono red ramp for one. You got it, it's an artifact that taps for a red mana. So that's cool enough for me. Three mana, you get one red mana. So if you're playing a mono red deck, this is just uh, another artifact that should be in your ramp package. And the fact that it has that ability. So if it's early game and you put it in there and, you know, what the worst you worst thing you can copy, say, is a mana dork or something. You put it into play, you get to tap a mana dork for a mana early game. Cool. But even in the late game, that second ability makes it worth having in your deck anyway because... Anything that's on the battlefield that's just a good value card on the battlefield, you get to make a copy of, which is is just awesome. Somebody like, just summoned a, an Eldrazi Titan. Now yeah. you could have an Eldrazi Titan with haste. Exactly, that's better than their Eldrazi Titan. Yeah, like say somebody was uh, playing. What what's the the new guy that Neil plays a lot? The uh, from Caldheim. The tap create the icicles. Oh, and then, so well. So say like they're playing a really uh, a creature based strategy with a lot of big fatties out there, and they and they tap into an Eldrazi Titan onto the battlefield. They didn't cast it, so they don't get the cast triggers. Comes out onto the battlefield, doesn't have haste. Gets to you, you cast this, copy their Ulamog, and then swing right at them when they don't really have much on board aside from maybe like two two icicles and then like their commander in ulamog what are they gonna sack they're gonna get that annihilator four trigger now they have to choose do i sack my mana base or do i keep my ulamog around for the crack back or what do i block you know i really think it adds like a a a good dimension to like equaling the battlefield out i really like it yeah and i mean i i just think this the the deck itself, uh, I am not a Boros player at all. That's your territory, Dale. I, you know, I much prefer literally every other color combination. But um, this this deck has some juice in it. Has some real good cards. Uh, we were talking about Monologue Tax, which is an enchantment for two and a white. Whenever an opponent casts their second spell each turn, you create. A treasure token. Uh, if any of you are familiar with the card Krom, Ludovic's Opus, that says whenever a player casts their second spell, you draw a card. That that card is five mana. You know, and this is a static ability on an enchantment, which is easily castable, turn two or three, you know. And whenever an opponent casts their second spell each turn, you create a treasure token. It's not as overbearing as Smothering Tithe. Smothering Tithe, people fucking hate. You drop Smothering Tithe, people are looking for a way to remove it. This is much more passive. You know, it won't generate a ton of advantage until later in the game when people are casting one, two, three spells a turn. And I just think it flies a little bit more under the radar than Smothering Tithe. 
I definitely agree with that, but I definitely think this card is going to get you value early game too as well. Because I'm not saying it won't. I'm just saying it will get consistent value later in the game. Yeah, I, I definitely think it's not going to bring the hate that Smothering Tide exactly. does. But you're going to get it out of turn earlier. And, you know, say you drop that Solar Ring turn one, turn two, you're casting this. And then maybe a person didn't have that Soul Ring in their opening hand, so turn two, they're dropping the Soul Ring and then casting another spell, boom, you got value. Like, I am I know a lot of games where turn two, people are casting two spells. Turn three, definitely people are casting two spells. So I think that this is definitely going to gain you a lot of, like, tempo slash, like, mana throughout the game but people are not going to want to waste their removal spells on it versus a smothering tithe where people are going to want to get rid of that immediately as quick as possible one of the uh one of the other cards that i think will just be great even outside this deck either in an is it strategy or something like that audacious reshapers two in a red for a human artificer three three it says, tap and sacrifice an artifact. Reveal cards from the top of your library until you reveal an artifact. Put that card into the battlefield, the rest on the bottom in any order. It deals damage equal to the number of cards revealed this way to you. Um, I'm not sure. This card was actually pretty bad. Uh, Personal Sanctuary. You familiar with that card? No. It is an enchantment from M12, I believe, for two and a white. It says, during your turn, prevent all damage. It will be dealt to you. So I would love to see like a really splashy like is it deck or uh, not is it um, Jeskai, so red white blue that can do like intruder alarm style things with uh, audacious reshapers and personal sanctuary. So you you generate like treasure tokens seems to be pretty easy now to generate a shitload of treasure tokens and audacious reshapers can sack those tokens and get dark steel colossus phyrexian triniform blight steel colossus this new fucking dude that you know yeah. gets those things and then it won't hurt you to look at your deck or to have that effect go off with yeah. personal sanctuary because it will prevent all that damage from actually doing anything so you can Essentially, like, creature storm off and allow you to, you know, get a ton of value out of that ability. I love, I love polymorph effects. If you're, if you're unfamiliar, there was a card called Polymorph that is, I think, three and a blue for a sorcery that says, uh, destroy target creature, reveal your, the top of your library until you hit a creature, put that creature into play instead. So there was a really, there's a, very well-known strategy. Um, if you've seen Jalira, Master Polymorphist, uh, you make tokens, like shitty creature tokens. You use the Polymorph ability or Jalira's ability, which is just Polymorph on a stick. And you turn those tokens into fatties every time. You know, it's a guarantee that you're going to hit something pretty nuts. Yeah, I mean, I, I've seen that deck build to where it's literally like Blight Steel. That's every time. Like, that's, that's every time they're sacking it and getting a Blight Steel. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely like that effect, too. I like that card. I think it's going to be a super fun card to see 
I mean, I, I really think a lot of these cards are just going to be fun to see in the meta for Commander. Uh, one of the ones I really like is uh, Battle Mage's Bracers. Mm -hmm. uh, it's two and two colorless and a red for artifact equipment. Equipped creature has haste. Whenever an ability of equipped creature is activated, if it isn't a mana ability, you can pay one colorless. If you do copy that ability, choose new targets for the copy. I really like that. It's uh, like, uh, what's the older version of it? Illusionist, uh, Illusionist Bracers. Now, you don't have to pay yeah. for Illusionist Bracers, but it also doesn't give anything else other than that ability. Yeah, but the haste effect is what I think really makes this card, like, good, you know? So, for three total mana, if this is already on board, you say, say you play uh, Magus of the Wheel, okay? You pay two mana, equip this to Magus of the Wheel, tap Magus of the Wheel, sacrifice it, paying the one, and now you get two wheels so everybody has to discard their hand and draw the seven wheel and then discard that and then draw seven again like i feel like there's a lot of cool spicy little text that you can do with it especially if like this is in like a real deck or something where you're gonna be running stuff like magus the wheel or like any other type of activated abilities that are letting you loot cards stuff like that so it's it's giving your merfolk looter haste as well as copying its loot effect like i really like it and i mean there's cranko obviously like this is like a card made for cranko as much as i am not happy about that because i really don't like cranko but yeah this card's definitely probably going to be like an auto include now into cranko oh, decks so I love it. No, uh, the artwork's cool too. Oh, definitely. <laughs> yeah, in the um, in the in the is it deck in the Prismari deck, uh, you know we already talked about Veyran, Voice of Duality, and Muse Vortex. I I like to think that like the what Gavin very said was that they were going to try and give white as many tools as they gave red in the very, you know, uh, recent past. Because red got a shitload of good stuff. You know, for, first and foremost, Dockside Extortionist. I've talked to Death about Dockside Extortionist and how fucking good it is. And they need to fucking reprint it. That isn't even a, that isn't even a debate. <laughs> Just print the fucking card. Yeah. It was definitely. in a single commander deck. One printing, bitch is like 60 bucks. Yeah. You know? Definitely needs a reprint horribly. Horribly, dude. But um, I think the Boros deck has more powerful cards than the Izzet deck. Something I thought I would never say. Uh, a, because I love Izzet. And some of them are cool and splashy, but I think that's what they were just made to be, is cool and splashy. Um, things like uh, Octavia Living Thesis, which is uh, 10 drop with a condition. It's 8 and 2 blue for an elemental octopus 8-8. Eight, eight. Uh, this spell costs 8 less to cast if you have 8 or more instants or sorceries in your graveyard. So, 
you know, it could be a two drop, but in the early game, it's a it's a fat ten drop if yeah. you're running this as a commander. Um, it has Ward eight. This bitch will never get removed <laughs> with targeted removal. Ever. I think ever. <laughs> if I ever see this thing die to targeted removal, I'm gonna take a picture because I am gonna be like, you know, you just paid. <laughs> So much mana. 10 to 12 mana for, yeah, to, for targeted removal. Like, I'm trying to think if there's, like, does some murderous cut. That It's the f- four drop or five drop destroy target creature with delve. Yeah. Maybe that can get it done. Like, uh, yeah. You have, but you have to delve, like, fucking 12 <laughs> cards. Yeah. For it to be one black. Like, yeah. oof. Uh, yeah. It's just rough. Yeah. Uh, it also has Magecraft. Whenever you cast or copy an instant or sorcery, target creature has base power toughness, 8-8 eight, eight until end of turn. Ah, uh, it's a fucking... It, do you remember Lorthos, the Tidemaker from Zendikar? No, I don't. Big, fat, octopus, 8-8 eight, eight for 8. It had 8 instances of the number 8 on its card... Very thematic. This okay. this also does. Uh, so it has the eight in the generic and its mana symbol. Yep. It costs eight less to cast if you have eight or more instance for sorcery cards. Ward eight. It makes something have an eight eight base power, and then it is an eight eight. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it has eight instances of eight on its card. Indeed. I think it's just a huge octopus thing. They like to. They really like to focus on that fucking eight. Yeah, that that is pretty interesting. Um, one of the cards I liked out of this that I feel like it. I mean, it's just pretty much been spoiled today. But uh, anyway, fiery encore, four colorless and one red for a sorcery speed. Discard a card, then draw a card. When you discard a non-land card this way, Fiery Encore deals damage equal to that card's mana value to target creature or planeswalker, Storm. Storm. <laughs> so, like, I think this card is in the right decks, can be just definitely a, a, a game finisher, for sure. Like, I mean, Torolf, yeah, for sure Torolf is going to love this. It's a five-mana spell, like... It's com- you can cast it on curve. He comes out. He's four mana. Next turn, you can cast this. Rituals. And, you would want to cast yeah. like rituals and impulse cards to yep. get you more storm count. It just it seems any look. There's a reason why it's called the storm scale. If you've never heard of the storm scale, it's a scale that goes from one to ten. Uh, one being uh, like trample and flying and abilities like that. Ten being storm of power and how likely it is that this uh, keyword will be brought into a set. Um, so there's a reason why they call it the storm scale. It's because storm is fucking good. And I feel like they tried to balance it by making it only be able to target creatures and planeswalkers. But when you're running 
a deck that is like tore off or something that has like stuffy yeah. doll or some stuff like that like to where you're gonna get the value from targeting your own creature brash tauner stuff like that you're just gonna target your own creatures and then that's going to sling all that damage at your opponent's face so yeah, i tore off would love this card. oh he uh, it's going Auto straight include. into that for sure definitely for sure so i i really like that card from this deck uh all you, uh, all you chaos players, um, if you know the spell, fucking radiate. You familiar with radiate, Dale? Mm-hmm. Yeah, radiant performer, a five drop with flash, two two. When radiant performer enters the battlefield, if you cast it from your hand, choose target spell or ability that targets only one thing, uh, a single permanent or player. Copy that spell or ability for each permanent or player that that spell or ability could target each copy targets a different one of those permanents and players. If you've ever been just super pissed that somebody's beast within your your permanent, well guess what? You can beast within everybody's permanents and everything. And then the game just turns into a fuck, but it is pretty funny to see happen. Yeah, I, I love that one too. I was like, oh, this card is going in so many of Dude, my decks. Literally, <laughs> generous gift. I think you mean everybody has only elephants. That's all anybody has. Yeah. Like, that, that shit's so funny. I love it. Uh, probably my favorite card of all the cards in this entire set that I've seen spoiled for me personally is going to have to be surge to victory four colorless red red for a sorcery that says exile target instant or sorcery card from your graveyard creatures you control get plus x plus o until end of turn where x is that card's mana value whenever a creature you control deals combat damage to a player this turn copy the exiled card you may cast this copy without paying its mana cost me being a aggro player, I love this card because if I'm playing Boros, like I tend to like to run like four uh, sorcery speed extra combat spells. So if if I for some reason have gotten milled in there in my graveyard, or I've already cast one for some reason it's in my graveyard and I cast this, I'm targeting that. Uh, let's say uh, reckless. Uh, was it reckless assault uh what's the card i can't think of the name right now uh relentless assault? relentless assault so relentless assaults in my graveyard i cast this i have say a flyer you know some white fucking two two flyer or something i target that okay now i hit the player with it i cast a copy of it get an extra combat hit him again get another combat hit him again hit him again and just go infinite and now i can just kill everybody on board barring they don't have another creature with flying that can block my creature or say you have something with menace or any type of evasion at all to where you can get in and deal combat damage you can just infinitely cast that spell over and over again so barring they have a blocker or a counter spell to counter the copy that you're casting it's infinite combats and you win yeah yeah seems seems real good and even if you're not going infinite and you just have a bunch of creatures on board and you have just a fat instant or sorcery in your grave that's like a five or six drop your entire crew gets plus five or plus six on the attack you know so 
Yeah, I, re- I really like it. It's almost, in my opinion, like a pseudo crater hoof style like spell, but for red aggro. Sure, it doesn't give your stuff trample, but I mean, if you're playing Boros, you probably have flyers or you yeah, know, some type of evasion. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it just it seems like a pretty fucking good win con, you know. Yeah, it's definitely getting slotted in my Winota deck for sure, since I already run Relentless Assault and a couple other additional oh, combat spells. Oh, definitely, 100%. So. And that deck's strategy's already going wide, and it's already coming at you with flyers a lot anyway, so. I, I really like uh, Riona Fire Dancer. The beginning of combat on your turn create X tokens that are copies of another target creature you control. Where X is 1 plus the number of instant and sorcery spells you cast this turn. They gain haste, exile them at the beginning of the next end step. Um, I think that, like, okay, so Sundial of the Infinite. You being able to make a bunch of copies and then keep them. So, whenever it says, at the beginning of the next end step, you shut the trigger off by letting it go onto the stack and then removing it because how that works for uh, newer players if you're not unfamiliar whenever your end step uh, comes uh, this effect will trigger and it will put that effect on the stack that says exile them at the beginning of the next end step okay that will go onto the stack you can then use a card called sundial of the infinite which says tap one, end the turn. You can only use this on your turn. So you let that effect go onto the stack and then you end the turn. Now the effect has already gone on the stack, it has already triggered. Now if it said at end of turn, it wouldn't matter. You would get rid of them anyway. But it says at the beginning of the next end step, so you keep them. You keep these tokens. I think that's neat. Yeah, I I like this card too a lot. I think there's a lot of a cool stuff you can do with it, whether it's Sundial the Infinite or just, you know, well, just, just, just getting mad value. Just think about it. Like, I attack with this bitch. I've cast two spells this turn. I make four Docksides or three Docksides. That's pretty good. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know? Dockside again, always. Dockside is just, you know, <laughs> anytime you can copy a Dockside, it's going to be a good time for you. Yeah. So. And. I'm unsure which deck this is in. I believe it is the Prismari, but Elementalist's Palette uh, is for X spells. It's a three-drop artifact. Whenever you cast a spell with X and its mana cost, put two charge counters on Elementalist's Palette. You can either add one mana of any color by tapping it, or you can tap and add colorless for each charge counter on Elementalist's Palette. Spend this mana only on costs that contain X. Like I said... This deck wants to cast big, splashy X spells. This will absolutely be the best mana rock in the fucking deck. If you can get this thing to not be blown up, you know, you cast two X spells, your next X spell gets plus four just from this card. You know, like cards that want to run things like Epic Experiment and things that really can end the game where X is high. I, I think this is just a really cool-ass card. Yeah. I really think the decks are super flavorful. Yeah. I, I really like them. 
Uh, I do want to see... I'm really interested in how this token strategy is going to be in Simic. What kind of cool tokens are we going to make? You know? Uh, the Golgari... Uh, I gotta stop calling them that. It's just habit. Yeah. Uh, Witherbloom and fucking Quandrix. Uh, Witherbloom, I want to see what cards it gives to promote the strategy of losing or gaining life uh, on your turn. And what politicky cards come with the uh, Silver Quill. Yeah. Keep one. I was like, or Silver Quill. Yeah, yeah. Silver Quill. Bird. Um, but yeah, that's the that's what we have so far for the commander decks. I really think these are going to be awesome. I love what I've seen from the lore hold. Them really trying to stick white into this um, taxing strategy or or accruing value when other people accrue value. So you know, monologue tax and things like that. Um, we've already talked about how Smothering Tithe should have been two white pips. I also believe that Monologue Tax should have been two white pips. Yeah, white, white, one white, white, white. Yeah, one white, white. I agree. Um, um, how about the uh, card? I can't think of it off the top of my head right now because I'm not looking, but it's the, uh, I think it's a Sorcery Speed White. It's one white, white. Uh, you draw three cards, target opponent draws three cards. Mm, that's so, in the regular set. Yeah. yeah. So I really like that card too. Um, it's a really good politicky card, but it's first and foremost it's white card draw. So like I really like that, and the fact that if you were to pair it with a smothering tithe, it's pay three mana, draw three cards. Somebody else draws three cards. Unless they pay six mana, you get three mana. So the spell just paid for itself. So now you draw three and get three treasure tokens. I think there's a really good synergy with Smothering Tithe. And I just think the card's really good because, you know, there's going to be those moments in Commander where somebody else is way ahead and, like, you can have a player that you think is going to be able to answer whatever the problem is. Go ahead and draw three cards. Hopefully you draw into an answer. You're Secret going Rondevue. next, you know. Secret Rendezvous, yeah, yes. That's what it's called. It's an uncommon. I like the flavor of the name, too, Secret Rendezvous, the artwork and everything, how it's supposed to be all, like, two different schools getting together and, yeah. like, talking together. Like, Yeah, that's cool. I like it. Um, yeah. First, I mean, let's transition into talking about the regular spoilers uh, from the regular set instead of just the commander stuff. Um, I do think, you know, you talked about white card draw. I think white got fucking cool-ass cards in this one. One of my favorites. I love stacks. Strict Proctor. For one and a white, a 1-3 flyer gets whenever a permanent entering the battlefield causes a triggered ability to trigger, counter that ability unless its controller pays two. Your buddy wants to dockside? Well, he better have four mana, or he's just going to be casting a 1-1 one, one goblin for two. Yeah, I like it. Or like, I think good dockside's like a 1-2. Yeah, Dockside's one and a red. No, 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 I mean the PT. Oh, yeah, yeah, one, two. But, like, permanent entering the battlefield causes a triggered ability. So, you want to Bajuka bog me? You gotta <laughs> yeah. pay two. <laughs> yeah. You want to you wanna Reclamation Sage, my smothering tithe? Yeah. You better pay two. Yeah, I loved it, too. And I, and I like the fact that, like, 
it also opens up a weird door with strategies for yourself too where say you're playing like a landfall type deck in naya and you have the lands at etb that say sack three lands you know sack uh two tapped lands or three tapped lands and then you know do this or whatever it's essentially a torpor orb that works for anything so torpor orb says uh creatures ending the battlefield uh don't cause abilities to trigger well this can be used to play you know phyrexian dreadnought yeah when phyrexian dreadnought comes into play you have to sacrifice 12 power worth of whatever or sacrifice phyrexian dreadnought Exactly. You can just not pay the two. So you get a 12-12 for one, I think, or yep. two. Yeah, I like it. I think it's cool. With like, I know there's going to be cool little strategies that I see coming out where it's like, normally this card would have a mega downside because it's so cheap and it's CMC, but so powerful that all of a sudden now you can just be like, well, I'm just not going to pay the two. And the whole ETB effect that would you know cost me, eh, I don't have to pay that no yeah. more. I, yeah. I like that. Yep, and especially, like, th this card is fucking 100% CDH playable. You want Somebody wants the Thassa's Oracle? Yep. Better needs, they need <laughs> some more fucking mana. Yep. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I, I, I think it's a, an amazing card. Uh, one of the better cards of the set, for sure. Like It was, it was pretty awesome. I was pretty stoked. Uh, one of the other ones that I was, I was confused because I'm looking at it. And I'm like, what the fuck would I ever want to do with this? And then I'm like, oh my gosh, this shit is, this is godlike. Uh, it's that colorless, what is it? Wandering archaic five drop. Whenever an opponent casts an instant or sorcery spell, they may pay two. If they don't, you may copy that spell and may choose new targets for the copy. That is ridiculous. I don't care what you're playing against. Like, the fact that it's a may effect. So if it's a shitty spell that you don't, that would like hurt you or cause you to do something you don't want to do, it's a may. You know? And, you know, adding two mana to whatever they're trying to do if you're if you're an artifact deck you can generate the five mana with mana rocks right but all those basic land ramp spells are out of your wheelhouse but if somebody plays fucking kodama's reach you can go get two wastes yeah one to your hand one to the battlefield unless they pay two but no fucking green players just like not casting that on curve you know, if, if you're, like, powering this card out, I think this has some really cool-ass strategies that you could do. Yeah, it, it's, like, really good, honestly. Like, face value, you might not, like, look at it and think that it's super good, but I definitely think this one is going to be one of the stronger cards in the set like for the reason you exactly just said right there i mean you you cast your soul ring mana crypt turn one turn you know two <laughs> you can get this guy out on turn two and anyone tries to ramp any type of kadama's reach or anything like that and it's like okay i'm ramping too 
especially if you're playing uh, uh, what's uh, uh, what's Colton playing here? Uh, the Karn. Karn. Uh, well, Karn. I think it's original Karn. Hope of Gearper. I think it's Hope of Gearper now. Okay, but if, if you're playing a colorless deck where like you don't have access to ramp unless it's your fast mana rocks or like Wayfarer's Bobble type stuff like that or something, you know, where like you're sacking it and maybe expedition map. If you if you don't have that, you still are rewarded every time someone casts an instant or sorcery that's helping them ramp. You get it, and not even for the ramp. Single targeted removal, you know, anything. It's just like, are you gonna pay the two? It's it's basically just another. Are you gonna pay the two? Oh no, you're not. Okay, I'm gonna cast that spell too. Yeah, <laughs> like I love it. It's it's like. I don't know. It's super good. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And uh, I just, I, I love it. It's, the art is crazy cool. It looks like an Eldrazi to me. Um, Dale, I think this next card uh, is already burned into your heart as one of your favorite cards of the set, Strixhaven Stadium. Yeah. That that card is awesome, and I'm definitely running it in some of my decks. So it's a three colorless for an artifact that has tap, add one colorless, put a point counter on Strixhaven Stadium. Second ability, whenever a creature deals combat damage to you, remove a point counter from Strixhaven Stadium. And the last ability is whenever a creature you control deals combat damage to an opponent, put a point counter on Strixhaven Stadium. Then, if it has 10 or more point counters on it, remove them all, that player loses the game. I really love that because I just love go wide token strategy. So, yeah, I'm going to hit you with like six tokens in a turn and hopefully just rack up the counters on that. Whether I'm playing doubling season or like any other type of just token doubler or counter style doubler, it's just like... This is going to go off quick. You know, Vorinclex just came out in call time. Like, counters are going to add up quick. You it, you Especially, don't have to yeah. swing as much as you think. Especially since it's 10. 10 counters? Yeah, like, that's not It's much. like poison. Yeah. Except this is a, a, a three-drop artifact that can be played in any deck. It creates this little mini game where you're like, oh, shit. The go wide guy has now put this thing out that we either need to punch him a little bit so that he loses the point counters, remove it entirely. It's definitely an answer card. Like, you need to fucking answer this card or you're going to get shit on. Yeah, and, and I mean, like, for me, like, with my Yorvo Squirrel Tribal deck, which just shits out squirrel tokens and sapperling tokens, this thing's going to be amazing. And, I mean, at the absolute worst... Okay, it's a three-mana mana rock that taps for a mana. I mean, there's a lot of decks that run three-mana rocks that tap for a single mana. Sure, you know, you got your Chromatic Lantern that, like, can fix your mana and everything like that, but I feel like this is also viable. I mean, it has a, maybe not a win con, but it has a I remove a player con onto it, so. Yeah, definitely. I really like it. You know, we're still down here in the in the artifacts. Uh, Cody Veris, Vociferous Codex, legendary artifact creature, uh, three drop for a one four. It's technically a five color commander, 
says you can't cast permanent spells. This card was made for fucking commander. Yeah. For four and a tap, you could add one of uh, each color mana. And when you cast your next spell this turn, exile cards from the top of your library until you exile an instant or sorcery card with lesser mana value. Until the end of turn, you may cast that card without paying its mana cost. Put each other card exiled this way on the bottom of your library in a random order. This is a real interesting one. It it looks very niche, and I want to see decks. I want to see decks that play this. There has to be some way to bust this wide open. Yeah, I agree. I I, I think this is going to be one of those ones that like doesn't get much attention, but. There are the people in Magic the Gathering that thrive off of cards like this. That just are like, they play Magic because they want to this is solve a, a puzzle. Like, yeah, like, this is a Lex yeah, special. Definitely. Or a Dave. Like, yeah. a person who just wants to like be like, how can I make this work? I have to just keep trying and keep building around it until I finally find something that just busts it wide open. And next thing you know, it's like... Whoa! This deck is crazy. Like it does all this just crazy stuff. Pop right off. <laughs> yeah, I, I really like it. And I mean, the flavor of it for me is awesome. The artwork is sweet. It's just this like, you know, floating grim war that's just like floating there, like pages ripped open and like just looking, I don't know, disheveled. I guess for you know a, a, a book, it's just looking beat up and used and floating there and. The fact that it's it's a one four creature, it's just like it's really cool. I really like it. It's got cool artwork, cool flavor, like it's awesome. Like oh it. yeah. Yeah. I I really think like that card is just hilarious. Um I mean I don't even think we'll get to talk about all the cards today. Uh especially with the with how much we talked about the commander commander cards. But there are just some nutso cards, I think, for, you know, casual, competitive alike in this set. Like, Archmage Emeritus, Magecraft, whenever you cast or copy an instant or sorcery, draw a card. That is pretty good. Yep. Drawing a card, especially when you're doing things in blue uh, that you're going to be doing anyway. <laughs> yep. Which is casting instants and sorceries. As we talked before, Chain of Smog, it's anything with Magecraft, really, that has, like, an effect that either drains people or draws card is just an immediate, infinite. You just draw your entire deck with this guy. If you're running Demir, blue-black, yep, you cast Chain of Smog, target yourself, boom, you go infinite, you draw your entire library, you know, disc, you're, you're discarding and drawing at the same time, but you're going through your entire library, so, like... You know, there's yeah. there's a lot of crazy effects with the Magecraft that I think is right now we know that Chain of Smog is like the big one that is you know oh yeah 100%. Is, is going to combo with these, but I think we're definitely going to see as the set comes out and you know six months down the road we're going to see a lot more cards that maybe not going infinite with but are going to just generate so much value off of the Magecraft mechanic. Yeah. And even like, so we talked about this a little while ago, not on the show, but just uh, by ourselves. The fact that they're stapling so many sanguine bond effects into the game on creatures. So Dina, Soul Steeper, 
a, bl a black and a green for a 1-3 Dryad Druid. Whenever you gain life, each opponent loses one life. This is half of one of the most uh, prolific mono-black combos that exist at all. Exquisite Blood and Sanguine Bond. Sanguine Bond was a rare that's uh, a 3 and 2 black that says whenever you gain a life opponent loses that much life. Comboed with uh, Exquisite Blood, which is 4 and 1 black, whenever an opponent loses life, you gain that much life. So those two cards, when in tandem, kill the table. The fact that they keep putting this whenever you gain life, somebody loses it uh, on creatures, Veto, uh, is one of the, the most recent. This will be the next most recent card uh, that has this type of effect, Dina. Um, yeah, two mana. That's pretty good. Yeah. Two, two mana for that effect? It doesn't matter if it's insane. one life. That's the whole point. It's like each opponent loses one life. Doesn't matter. You know, each opponent loses one life. Okay, so you have an average of three opponents. Uh, Exquisite Blood's going to gain you three life and you are going to for each instance of one life gained you are going to deal one damage well each one will lose a life doesn't matter it, it's just that card combo went from uh, I think Vito is a three drop right I think it's two and a, two and a black e I'm pretty sure yeah. it's two and a black yeah yeah I think so yeah. so that card combo went from a ten mana two-card combo to an eight-mana two-card combo. Now it's a seven-mana two-card combo. Yeah, it, it, it really makes me curious as to what is going to be their way to resolve the rising price of Exquisite Blood. Because, yeah. like, it's, it's going to get to the point now where there's so many effects that are the Sanguine Bond effect that if you are to print another exquisite blood effect that i feel like it's it's definitely going to start i don't want to say warping the meta but it's going to make it so easy to just do that two card combo that like a lot of people are going to run that and then you're just going to have that like same redundant like combo win like kind of how like oracle has made you know demonic consultation wins like you just see it so much so like in honestly exquisite blood really needs a reprint it's a really expensive card and it's only going up the more they keep printing creatures with the sanguine bond effect the more that card goes up because of the, it just creates that much more demand to I need to have that in my Golgari deck. Oh, I need to have that in my mono black deck because yeah. it's just it's such an easy combo to assemble, especially when you have cards in Golgari or in mono black that are just like you have access to tutor any card. So, of course, you know, you have your vampiric tutor and you have, you know, her in your opening hand and you just vampiric tutor, go get your exquisite blood, and then, you know, by turn three, turn four you can probably cast cast it and just win the game. Yeah. So Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think Witherbloom has some of my most favorite cards in the regular set. Um I think what is it? Harness Infinity. I think Harness Infinity is 
an absolutely bonkers ass card. Uh, it is an instant, first of all. It is a one, three black, three green instant. Exchange your hand and graveyard, exile harness infinity. Yeah. If you know the card Yogmoth's Will, I'm not saying this is as good as Yogmoth's Will before you jump down my fucking throat. Okay? Two and a black. You may play cards from your graveyard as though they were in your hand. If a card would go to the graveyard, you exile it instead. Imagine self-milling your whole library and then harness infinity. Like, that's going to be a strategy for a lot of, I would say, Soul-Tie decks. Uh, junk, which is uh, Abzan, uh, white, black, green. Uh, regular black, green decks. This is just going to be nuts. Like, the card itself is fucking... Exchange your hand engraver. So simple. Yeah. Like, just so simple. Like, almost no rules text. Yeah. Like, the majority of it's flavor text. But the card is so it, strong. And it's fucking Seb McKinnon, <laughs> first of all. The yeah. illustration is Seb McKinnon. He's a beast. Absolutely love everything that he does. Um, but yeah, just crazy. That, that card is so crazy. Yeah, I mean, like, the first thing that came to my mind is Marin. I mean, like, Marin is just dumping things into the graveyard and then being able to just be like, okay, I'm going to put my graveyard into my hand, recast all that stuff, which is more than likely going to be stuff that ETBs and sacks and it goes back to your graveyard anyway. It's just basically, like, getting to just have all those cards again without even having to use Marin's ability. Yeah. Like it, it's just so good. It's it there's gonna be so many crazy shenanigans that go on with this deck or and, this card. And we talked about it a little bit, but hands down to me, most powerful card in the set, culling ritual. Witherbloom came up all fucking aces. Culling ritual. A sorcery for two, a black and a green Destroy each non-land permanent with mana value 2 or less. Add a black or green for each permanent destroyed this way. Somebody fucking around with a token deck. Somebody got a bunch of treasure tokens. Somebody has a bunch of X, Y, or Z that is 2 mana or less. You just dump on it. And you get mana back. Yeah. It's not even like there's a downside. Does it hit your stuff too? Sure. But that's the whole point. Like, the, the pests in this set, the pests are you gain one life whenever this creature dies. You're literally, you know, if you were to commit to a Witherbloom-style deck and you're going to be creating these pests, they're tokens. They automatically have no mana cost, so they are therefore mana value two or less. So not only do you get the one life, now you get a mana for it. I don't know if you know this, but, you know, CDH has a ton of stacks effects and very cheap uh, board state advancing cards. Mystic Remora. You know, things like Mana Rocks. All the Mana Rocks in CDH, you know, 99% zero. of them. <laughs> zero zero drops, two. one drops, two drops. That's it, pretty much. You know, you get your, your rare Basalt Monoliths and things like that for cards that synergize with it. Or so you're trying to power artifact something to get infinite mana. 
Calling Ritual blows all that shit up and gives you mana. Stacks pieces, which are a pretty common occurrence. The fact that this says non-land permanent, it isn't just artifacts, it isn't just creatures, it isn't just enchantments. It's any non-land permanent. You get a mana for each one of those things. That's so busted. Yeah, I mean, to me, it feels... To me, this is a better way of making free spells, in my opinion. It You still have to pay the four up front, which is more fair and balanced to me. But the fact that you get the mana back is, like, just insane. It's like, seriously, like, if you're playing it in, in like, a CEDH deck... Yeah, you're basically wiping everybody's, like, tempo, fast stuff that they're trying to do to get ahead. You're wiping all that away, but then you're gaining all that mana to be able to then, after everything's blown up, advance your board state. Yeah. Ahead of everybody else. And, like, and then in casual, you have decks, like, stuff that runs, like, a Yara that's already going to synergize with making a bunch of tokens and a bunch of tokens dying, like death triggers, stuff like that. Like, I mean, this card is mm. is just a straight powerhouse, and I agree. This is, is it's, one of the best cards of the set. For me, personally, I believe this is the most powerful card in the set, hands down. Like, I would like to see other arguments. You know, if you want to come debate me, uh, be nice or I'll cry. But, uh, yeah, like, come, like, message me on Instagram at Slave, and we'll talk about why I think this card is the best fucking card in the set. 100%. You know, the mana invested to the possible mana gain is disgusting. Especially, you, you, will, you will shit on a token player's dreams... All of their dreams. They will be like, I have nine Sapperling tokens. Imagine. Imagine, Dale. You're playing Squirrels. It's turn four. You got like five Squirrels. I not only blow up all your Squirrels, <laughs> but I get five mana out of it. Yeah. That's that's just big sad. I mean, I'll tell you right now, token strategies are so huge right now. Coming off of the back of Zendikar... The freaking Scoot Swarm, dude. Yeah, dude. I see it so much. Like, literally when I play Magic on like on the weekends, it's I see Scoot Swarms, I see Treasure Tokens. Th- that's like the most like tokens. I just see tokens constantly, whether it's Treasure Tokens or Scoot Swarms or just 3-3 Beasts or whatever Landfall type stuff like that. This card is just shutting all that shit down. And like, to me, you are in green and black you can run the scoot swarm yourself and be getting all the landfall things and then just be like yeah i don't care i'm gonna blow up my 300 scoot swarms and get 300 mana and now i'm gonna squall line the whole entire table or hurricane nobody or, or whatever nobody play we're, let's say torment of hailfire Exsanguinate. Tor- Nobody's gonna squall line, I mean, bro. That's you. You're the <laughs> only person on the planet who plays squall line. Dude, I win every weekend at least once with a squall line. So that card, squall line, is an amazing card. If you don't know what oh it is, it's an X green green Stop instant these, speed that says getting these players deal X damage to each creature with flying and each player. So like. To me, it's one of my hands-down pet 
favorite cards in all magic because it's just a straight green burn spell i'm gonna just annihilate everybody with green burn because more than likely i'm gonna have it in the deck where i'm gonna gain some life so i'm gonna have more life than everybody else so i think i love it i think when you picked it as your favorite green burn spell i think you were burning some green because uh that card is bad. Yeah, that card right. Is ass. It's instant speed deal Bro, X bad. damage to each player. It's so good. Literally, oh I'm not even playing. I run. God. I run it in Cogla. Okay, so Cogla is one of my higher tuned decks that I love playing, and I cannot tell you how many times I have been able to just generate infinite mana and a ton of life and just go squall line. Everyone's dead but me. But the yeah, but the fact that you have to generate your own life above the next highest person or you die it's, too it's not that hard you though know? in green especially oh in green gosh. black where you're draining and gaining that makes it even better in in green black Ugh. you can drain and gain i i mean i love it i i generally oh don't have i'm never a gonna convince you that it's a bad card i mean you love it so much but hell if you even have the freaking mana rock that tap add to life and like add two green mana Dude. The Great Henge? Yeah. Even just the Great Henge can get you with... All you need is one more point of life than everybody else. And then, boom, squall on everybody. It, it's, it's so good. It's terrible. <laughs> Fucking squall line. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, you get the yeah. point. I mean, this card just is it's just Fucking bonkers. Busted. It's yeah. great. <laughs> I, like I said, I really think Witherbloom got the coolest shit out of... All the, the cards in this set, all of the schools, so whether it's Prismari, Lorehold, Quandrix, Silverquill, Witherbloom got the coolest. Even their fucking Elder Dragon has the text, pay 10 life, untap all lands you control. Bro. Yeah. That's so good. You Do you have seven lands? Is it turn seven? You can play your Belladross Witherbloom and then... Pay ten life, and on tap all your lands. That's that's real good. I don't care, you know. And that this effect generating seven mana in in green is easy as fuck. You can have seven mana turn four. You have seven mana turn three if your starts hard enough. You yeah, I mean? I mean, if I'm playing this card, I'm going to have Parallel Lives, Doubling Seas, and all these different token doublers that I'm going to be gaining the the double pest tokens that when they die, you gain life. I mean, the paying 10 life is literally, like, not really even a big deal at all. Pay a quarter of your life to get another turn, essentially, yeah. <laughs> to, like, untap your lands. And it's like, you can, you, if he, I doubt this guy will ever live, you know, you're going to pay 10 life and someone's going to blow it the fuck up because that's what I would do 100%. Yeah. You know, but the fact that if this dude lives for a turn or you have some type of protection, that's you're essentially doubling the amount of efficiency that you have. You're it's a mana doubler at that point. Yeah. You literally tap your mana, pay 10 life, untap it, tap it again, then drain gain everybody for a shitload of mana. Yeah. Like, if you exsanguinate... Just, just think about it. If he, if he comes out, you can feasibly... With a soul ring and some ramp, you can get him out turn four. Right? Soul ring comes out on turn one. You cast Kadama's Reach on turn two. You cast Explosive Vegetation on turn three. That's seven mana. Right? So then... 
7 mana on turn 4. You play this dude. If he makes it to turn 5, the advantage is just you're on turn fucking 10. Yeah. You know? It's disgusting. Yeah. Just the the coolest of all the Elder Dragons. But, uh... Yeah, and I, and I love it. The flavor. Wither. Bloom. You're paying your life. You're withering yourself. But then, boom, untapping your mana and blooming into, like, an explosive... I, I yeah, just love it's, it. I it's mean. my... As much as I love Is It in this set, I love Prismari. Um... Wither Bloom just is better. It's just fucking better. There's nothing I can do about it. And I hate <laughs> yeah. it. But uh, yeah, yeah. The whole, the whole. Out of all of the cards, I think the the power creep has definitely shown in white. I'm glad to see white got a whole bunch of new cards. But overall, I still think uh, black green got some hefty tools. Holy shit! Like a culling ritual on a you know turn. 8 to 10 board state can oh. generate you like fucking 10 mana for 4. Yeah. That's a fat ritual. Yeah. You know. But enough about the spoilers. Like I said, we could probably talk for the next 3 fucking hours about spoilers. Uh, and we'll probably end up doing a part 2 of our Strixhaven spoiler review. But uh, I do believe we had something pretty fucking awesome to give away. Did we not? Yep, All indeed right. we do. We have the Strixhaven uh, WPN promo poster as well as Kaldheim uh, promo pack, a Japanese uh, War of the Spark pack, and uh, I can't think of the other pack that's in there, but... It's all going down right now. We're giving it away, and I rolled a D6 and hit on two, randomized the list twice, and the winner of the giveaway is Stompy King underscore MTG. You are the winner of the promo packs, the packs, and the sweet poster. So congratulations to Stompy King MTG, and thanks for everybody else who's listening to our podcast, entering in these giveaways. yeah, we got more giveaways coming. Uh, soon as pre-release happens, we have a booster box, a draft booster box of Strixhaven that we'll be giving away. Okay. So, you know, uh, maybe maybe not next episode if we record next week, but definitely the week after that for sure. So after pre-release weekend, definitely we'll be giving away a booster box. So stay tuned for that giveaway as well. So Oh yeah, we'll definitely be uh, you know, doing the same system we've been doing with the passphrase and whatnot. But uh, yeah, congratulations to Stompy King MTG. Hell yeah. Definitely. Enjoy your uh, enjoy your shit. Awesome. Yep. <laughs> uh but like I said, we could drone on, but I wanted to make sure we got that giveaway done. And um I think we'll wrap it up here for our Strixhaven part one uh, review for the commander decks and the, the general set. Um, did you have anything else you want to talk about, Dale? No, that's it. All right. Well, thanks once again for listening for the uh, Commander's Vault. I'm JB. And I'm Dale. Have a good evening.